Some said they couldn't do it. Even more said they probably shouldn't. But here they are, bringing you another episode of the Happy Zen Podcast. Welcome your hosts, Adam and Matt. So, it's my birthday. Happy... I was going to say belated birthday, but it's still your birthday. It's so still your birthday, good. yeah. It's awesome. So we're having 48th a, birthday. Looks pretty good for 48. Yeah. You know, that day will come fast enough, so let's just not fuck around with yeah. this. But yeah, 38 today. Um, and we're sitting here. We've had uh, a couple pints and just chilling with the fam. And then now they're all off and we're going to- It's way past our bedtime. Get this episode rocking and rolling. And one of the things I really wanted to do with you was a bottle of scotch that I brought back from England this summer. and um, Poison me. And I have been drinking this stuff very slowly. Um and I'm experimenting with a lot of whiskeys and scotches right now. And I've learned many things. But one of the things I have learned is there really is an array of taste. And this is a something that's very unique. And you haven't even got to the point where you've let it touch your lips yet, this no. particular. And you do drink whiskey. You drink whiskey. You drink scotch. You're, yes. you're not against it by any means. This isn't like a thing that you're doing. As I said before we recorded, when I snorted, when I just smelt it. Oh, yeah. The aroma is amazing. My entire upper body is tingling. Nipples and all. And uh, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. it. It takes me back to my youth, and I never drink anything like this in my youth. But it. Holy God damn it. You I know don't... what it is? It's that time when, when alcohol was new and you would just try anything and you'd find those ones that you're just like, this is going to kill me. This just smells like battery acid. <laughs> Sometimes it was. So I will admit. When my when I first opened this bottle, my my youngest daughter, who was like at least fifteen feet away in the living room, described the smell from opening the bottle because mm-hmm. it was so strong coming through the house, which yeah. was amazing. And um, I've completely gotten used to this. And it's I said to you, I've been on a couple of business trips where some of the folks um, we actually had a drink of this, and you know people know it, and I laugh because it's a very popular bottle. And I did look at the price of it in the LCBO, and it is not cheap. Um, which was a gift because I definitely didn't spend it. So I was very grateful to have the gift. And uh, I got to admit, like this is peculiar, peculiar at the very least, okay? I'm not going to lie to you. And it's certainly probably not a bottle I'd buy again, but it really, what it did was it... it sounds m- like a dare. <laughs> no, what it did was it made me want to explore more scotches and more bottles. Uh-huh, okay. And it really did. So I've gone down this path of one, expensive, expensive scotches, which is dangerous. Um but certainly trying them on based on taste because I feel like this is so strong of a taste that anything else now feels smooth. And it's not that this doesn't feel smooth, but this does a particular thing when you drink it. And I don't want to say it to you because I feel like I'm going to put it in your subconscious for it to happen. So I don't want to do that. I want you to drink it and then see if it happens to you. But particularly with me, and I've had other people drink this with me, and they 1,000% say to me, yep, that's exactly what happened. But I want to see for you know, testing and science sake, I don't want to give you this lead in. I want you just to have a sip yourself, which you still, and all this rambling have not sipped it yet. Well, I mean, you've built it up so strongly. I, I've really, God damn it. That's Dude, that. This is one of the moments I wish was a YouTube channel we had. All right. Oh man. Here goes. I can do this. <clears throat> Sorry, if I that. die before we even announce the name of the podcast, does it yeah. count as an episode? Okay. Oh, welcome to the Happy Zen Podcast, folks. Just in case he dies. We took a good sip. It was cool, but this is not right away. It takes a second. <laughs> there it is. Hold on. 
not that bad. Why does it taste like ashes? <laughs> there it is. Everyone is described. This is the most. It tastes like fire. <laughs> like I, I pulled a log out of the fire and then just chewed on it. Well, what I like about that is I have, and and like many other, I have drank this with the same taste buds, then, which is good. You have normal taste buds. This is legitimately it cleared up everything. <laughs> I think if I could describe it to anybody, it is one thousand percent take you to any campfire you've ever stood beside, mm. and it's not like in the early hours. This is the three o'clock in the morning campfire smell that you've stood in front of the campfire all night, and it reeks through your skin. And when you take a sip of this stuff. It instantly puts that smell in the back of your nasal cavity. Not your nose, the back of your nasal cavity, and it hangs there. Now, what's really weird about this, even after you finish a small glass of it, it stays there for like a day. Tomorrow, you're going to wake up and still smell campfire like you were at a campfire all night, and it's mind-blowing. It's like when you used to roast marshmallows like on a wooden stick, not one of those stupid metal poles. And like it had been charred for like the entire night, and you'd like eat the marshmallow off, and you'd taste it. Like I can taste that charred... And the taste doesn't come in the back of your mouth. It's the back of your nose. Yeah, it's like high up. High, I don't know what it is. It's, it's where like your nasal my, cavity reaches your mouth. Yeah. It's in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So cool. So this is... That's um, poison. I'm sure of it. Lafrag? La I don't know. Lafrag? I, I always say it wrong. But uh, honestly, it's... Uh, Campfire fuel. It, I honestly really like it. Um, I don't know. It's the strangest thing for me to say I like it because every time I taste, taste it, it reminds me of like when you're a teenager messing around with drinking and all the bad because all your messing around with drinking ages were usually associated to a, a bonfire or a campfire <laughs> and so they're always linked together so it but takes usually me there. you weren't eating the fire that's what this is like <laughs> thousand percent wow yeah so anyways a uh, very fun experience and then the other one we've got if you uh if you have it in you if you even get through that um i did get a bottle of the i have to drive home at some point i did you have electric I car think. it drives itself home. um it's not how that works but okay <laughs> I have a. I bought a bottle of Perfect Gentleman, which was the Conor McGregor uh, whiskey, and honestly, it's uh, really good. If you're a Jameson drinker out there, folks, um, try the Perfect Gentleman. Uh, this is I have no plugs for this, but if they want to sponsor the podcast, we'll take it. Um, they honestly, it's just a richer, in my opinion, a more rich and more full tasting whiskey, Irish whiskey, um, than Jameson. And nothing wrong with Jameson at all. I'm not saying it's anything less than. I'm just thinking there's more body. So if you like, suck it, body, Jameson. If you like more body in the whiskey, which clearly I do, so I'm drinking. Oak, campfire oak ash yeah. um yeah it's a thing so so wait did we say what, what the name of this podcast yeah i said happy zen podcast as you were braving yourself okay yeah i mean in case you stumbled into this thinking this also you can't stump never mind you know what forget it because you can't really stumble into a podcast really uh but yeah, yeah so if you like tuning a channel if you stumbled into this thinking this was you know like organized some sort of alcohol fan I don't know. With the right sponsors, we'll do anything. Yeah, we're pliable. Yep. That's the best way. <laughs> Adaptable. So, yes, happy birthday. Yeah, cheers, man. You're older than me again. For a little while. For a little while. Yeah, short while. Oh, my God. This stuff is... It does. It makes you sleep well, too, which is fantastic. Mm. Yeah, let's shot call oh, that one of us... May fall asleep during this podcast. Well, what I love about this, though, is you do drink whiskey and scotch like oh, a man. Oh, my God. It's making my nipples hard. You, you did. Well, not, and you did. You did drink like a man. I'm not even kidding. Like a stereotypical man. Yeah, that uh, part, probably not so much. Yeah, you take big swigs, and then you ruin it. But, yeah, yeah. I'm impressed. So, Because yes. a lot of people I drink scotch with is remarkable. They sip it as if it's, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why you would sip it like that. 
I mean, you pour a drink out, probably if you're not taking the whole thing, yeah, I'm thinking it's like three, four swigs. Um, maybe five. You're Do you really think we could light it on fire, like like a flaming I think mo? I'm I'm nervous that we're close to my furnace. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, I just watched that episode again the other day, so that's what made me think of it. But yeah. Mm. Oh, speaking of which, okay, so we really got to talk about something that has happened very, very recently. So this is relative to time. I don't know, but uh, Disney Plus is available. It landed in Canada on the twelfth. We're recording on the fifteenth. For, for some people, yes. We're recording on the fifteenth. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, and um, some people will experience no technical difficulties, and someone that I'm looking at right now experienced a few technical difficulties. So I feel like I'm smarter because I haven't bought the uh, the service yet because I was waiting for yours to run smoothly. Because you went to social media right away, and if you follow us or listen to us, you're new to us, check out Matt's social media. I think it's both on Happy Zed and he was sharing the messaging he was getting from Disney Plus the very first night he sat down to watch Mandalorian, which was, it doesn't appear in his region. But anyways. Yeah. So, you know, after a shitty day at work, I come home and relax and think, oh, this will be great. Disney Plus. I signed up while I was at work. So I come home, download the app. Boom. Uh, this service is not available in your location, which makes zero sense because i'm in canada and at worst if i miss something in the news i'm at least in north usa i don't know yeah (laughs) but the point is in north america this service is available so you think i'm not in north america that's interesting so i thought okay well it must just be buggered up because when i did try it at work the first day it was wonky and things weren't loading so i'm fine and there was a lot of news stories out about it not working 100%. Just there's way too many people trying to sign up. Fair enough. So that was Tuesday? Yeah. yeah. Wednesday at work. I'm like, okay, well, the site's working now. And you had messaged me asking if I had gotten things working. I said, well, not last night, but it seems to be working at work now. I go home, exact same thing again. And then I get real pissed off. So then I went online. And I so I at this point, I had tried it on the PS4, the Xbox One. The um, and my phone, so then I started doing like experiments. Okay, well, let's try it on my cell phone data, that seemed to work fine on my phone. So, I'm like, well, did they secretly secretly buy all of our cell towers or something? Yeah, well, it's Disney, maybe. Uh, so then I find out Thursday during the day that Disney, so what these services do to keep it in a specific country is they look at your IP address and they say, okay, this IP address is from whatever location this person's allowed on or or is not allowed on. For whatever reason, whatever algorithm they're using is broken because a lot of people in Canada, a lot of people in the US, and it seems to be relatively random, are being flagged as coming from out of North America and therefore the service won't load for them. So the stupid... Stupid trick of it is, I learned on the third day, was I had to turn on cellular data on my phone, put it into hotspot, then have my Xbox connect to my phone for the internet, then log into Disney Plus, then I could flip it back to my regular internet and it would work fine. This Workaround does not work for the PS4, so I still can't use it on the PS4, but I can use it on Xbox One. So three days later, I was able to finally uh, get onto the service, at which point I came to the conclusion, there's not a lot on here for me yet. Uh, 
it's great, I'm sure, if you have kids, but they really or if don't. You're, I would say a giant child by the looks of the early reviews. I guess, but there's really not. The problem I have, I think, is that any of the films that are on there that I would be interested in, I already own. Yeah. Like, I own pretty much all the Marvel stuff, the Star Wars. So, for me, it's the original programming that would be my draw. And unfortunately, are you okay? Adam's drunk. He's knocking over stools and tables. Uh, So, for me, there's because they've gone with this method of releasing one episode a week for their original programming, there wasn't a lot for me to watch as of yet. Man, I got a lot of thoughts. Um, okay, so I, I get that. And I, I can think of some rationale why. Because um, I think... They, oh, I know why. Because <laughs> it's a seven-day free trial, and they're like, oh, no, you're going to have to stick around for a long time. Well, there's that for sure. And I think there's the also the apparent reality that when you launch a app that's going to have a worldwide service, um, you're going to run into some early tech issues. Oh, that part so I understand. So let's not that, load... That's like, not I, I necessarily... Get, yeah, I mean, yeah. I get it. You know more is coming. We know more is coming anyways. So oh, yeah, just no. the Marvel content alone, right? I, I firmly believe... I am a little, I'm a little bummed that they didn't have any of the Marvel original stuff ready eh, it's at come. the launch. They were, but they weren't going to put it in the launch, though. I, I, I really sus- suspected that the only thing we were getting launched that was going to be original content was uh, Lady and the Tramp live action, which, again, yep. doesn't hit the mark for many people. The Anna Kendrick Christmas movie that she did for yep. them for launch and uh, Mandalorian. I thought those would be the three kind of premiere pieces early days and then i think that yeah it wasn't going to take long you're going to get some marvel content there's soon. the jeff goldblum one uh what is it world according to jeff goldblum something like that which is apparently a national geographic program um there's a few disney specific programs there's one about the imagineers like the people that design disney and oh, that yeah. kind of stuff yeah. but again everything that is original is episode one and that's it like yeah. they're launching it staggered so and then so what do, you, what do you think of that with staggered because i mean we're so used to netflix just dumping it on there for us very few things on netflix i can think of that have scheduled releases i mean i think of riverdale which was well, one of the it's shows something to do with the licensing right the way yeah, they, they do but that. The, same the, majo- with the flash is like that too the majority of them though are just here you go i think it depends like for me i don't necessarily mind because i usually don't have enough time to binge the mm. best i can do is maybe a couple episodes at a time so it doesn't really bother you so for me not so much and once they get the ball rolling with all of the original shows where every week you're getting maybe six new episodes of six different shows yeah might not be so bad but right now i could see it being so, like kind of a pain in the ass to people that have the free time i think it's really interesting they're doing like a hybrid streaming cable service yeah. This is what they're kind of doing, in my opinion. But I mean, they're going to have the freedom to play around with what they want. I don't think anyone's going to punish them because you're going to have some original content that just is going to have people hooked no matter what. I think the original Marvel content that's coming your way and Star Wars content that they have already let us know is coming, people are in no matter what. So Yeah, and they do have a little 12-minute special that kind of highlights uh, the announcements that they've made about the Marvel TV shows. So just kind of getting people hyped up for that. But there are no release dates, to my knowledge, for any of these programs as of yet. But even then, like, there's another thing. They start putting these releases out on these special events. And then, you know, you spend the whole next day chipping through YouTube and Instagram stories and stuff to find 
the announcement and then to get all the pieces of the announcement. I got a sneaking suspicion their announcements, if they're not done in these live events, which I don't think they'll let go of because of the fans, but they'll probably simultaneously have that back up on their service within minutes. So they're going to do all these neat things. I think I'll be, they're going to do things with their streaming service that the other providers haven't thought of in sense of, I think closer to real time, which will be very interesting. Well, again, because the service is owned, like the content is all owned by the company that's providing the service. They potentially have a case of where nothing would expire in theory. Um, And it's a direct line from Disney and, Marvel and Pixar straight to the service. So that turnaround time might be different. There are a few movies because of existing license rights where if you go to them, they'll say something like coming April, 2020, for example, like I think so in Canada, we have a lot of the Marvel stuff is still wrapped up in Netflix. So yeah, I keep seeing that they're getting on the, um... everything up to captain Marvel was Netflix uh, license. And then that'll start to bleed off Netflix and move over to the Disney service after that. So some of the stuff is there, but there are certain ones like Black Panther is not on there. Um, Infinity War is not on there, but Endgame is. Ant-Man's not. Yeah. Mm, well, I keep seeing maybe that, it, mm. I keep seeing Ant-Man show up on my Netflix as uh, popular. Yeah. So it's like right there. So yeah. I, I would assume that's not there. So, I mean, that... That'll come originally. That'll come around eventually. The other thing that's the big talk now of Disney Plus in regards to possibly... Well, there's two. One thing that doesn't necessarily bother me so much is they did release the entire catalog of The Simpsons on Disney Plus. Oh, did they really? I was going to ask you that. Okay. There is a couple exceptions. Uh, The Michael Jackson episode's not up. Uh, And there is a weird thing where they've formatted all the old episodes to widescreen. So it actually cuts a bit of the top and the bottom off, which people are saying, I think for most people, it's not going to make a big difference, but the people that were fans of the episodes are saying that some of the jokes do get actually cut out because of the formatting. So that might be something that they'll probably fiddle around with, but the big one, and I somehow don't have this version, although I have a different version. Uh, Star Wars A New Hope. I knew you were going to go here. The Greedo scene has been changed again. again. Third time. Now, my version doesn't have the change. Uh, I don't know if that's the Canadian version. So hold on. What version? What what happens in your scene? So in mine, it's the same as the special edition. Okay. He shoots first, but otherwise it's the same as what we'd already seen. Just in case you don't know what we're talking about, in the original Star Wars uh, episode for New Hope. Just stop. If you don't know what we're talking no, about, why are you No, hold on. Come on. There's just a chance. There's a chance we're outside. Sorry, of I've been drinking room. a lot of firewood today. You've got two sips. Um, so, in the original Star Wars Episode 4, uh, in the cantina scene, when we first come across Han Solo, um, we are being given the portrayal that Han Solo is a real, you know, badass. Mm-hmm. And so, when he's in this situation being pushed and pressured by Greedo... He was a bounty hunter. He was a bounty hunter. He decides to get out of the situation the easiest way possible, a badass would, by just shooting fucking Greedo. And so that's the way it went. When they re-released these things in the 90s, getting ready for the prequels, George Lucas made a decision that, you know, maybe he shouldn't be such a badass. And so there were some CG edits, which still go down to history. They've never really been good. Yeah, they weren't really... It's always looked weird. They didn't do anything to really add to the film. It was just to make people feel a bit better about certain things after 20 years of them existing, Right. So what they ended up doing was they CG'd a little shot where basically Greedo 
ended up shooting first. Han's head kind of dodged it, which looks really, you know, when you watch it that you know you're watching for this, you can go, how the hell did that fucking happen? And then Han essentially returns fire. So he has no problem killing Greedo. It's self-defense. But it's self-defense. Yeah. So, and then now the update now for the third rendition is it's supposed to be shooting at the same time. Well, that's what I've heard. Basically, Greedo threatens, you know, you're going to come with me and blah, blah, blah. And there's, I forget what the the line back from Han Solo is. Apparently in this new version, Greedo says, McClunsky? Yeah. And then fires? And there's a weird, like, kind of explosion shot that's kind of in there. And nobody has any idea. There's no answers from George Lucas. There's no answer. Because that's the other thing. They're saying that... It, George Lucas is actually the one responsible for this change, which is bananas. I don't understand how that works, but uh, no answer from him yet. Uh, no answer from Disney. But isn't that a scenario like the artist getting the opportunity to go back to the picture they painted 20 years ago and then being given the opportunity to touch it up? Well, I They're mean, always going to feel like they should have touch. this they're, discussion for an entire episode of the whole special editions of well, that's those, it though. It, yeah. it, it, there's a sensation where they're going to come back and if you give them the option and technology to touch it up, they will think of well, things. What the hell is that even? What is happening there? Like, yeah. I, I can kind of... I get what he's doing with the Greedo shooting first thing. I, I understand yeah, soften, what he's trying to do. Soften it up yeah. so he's not a murderer. Yeah. Making Greedo shout out uh, an unintelligible word. It was that, supposed to be like a threat. I guess. Yeah. But there's Anyways, no subtitle for it. The, the entire scene has yeah. subtitles under anything Greedo says. This word apparently does not have a subtitle. So I don't know if that is the person that... Because I know what you're talking about. I saw the video as well. I don't know if the person just turned on the closed captions because my version didn't have that. But So my version doesn't have that edit at all. However, my version also has the French title crawl. So that entire Star Wars title crawl with all the backstory, all in French. What region is your cable from? I, you know, Where I don't know. From? You're from well, Col- apparently Belgium Col- or somewhere Quebec, else. I don't maybe. know. Yeah, well, they not might, North America. They might not consider Quebec part of North America, though. That's possible. Americans. No offense. Yeah, we've burned that one fan. Anyway, so what, that... the American fan or the no, Quebec fan? Quebec. No. I'm, listen, I'm not saying that we Actually, don't... what are we talking about? They, yeah. they don't We're not saying... We don't think they're part of Canada. What we're saying is people in the south, in south of the border might not think they're part of oh Canada. Oh, my God. This firewood beer. Booze. I'm so drunk. Um, so, yeah, that's the big storyline-wise. As I said, I mean... How's the service overall, though? Is it, like, smooth? Is it clean? Is it easy, easy to navigate? Uh, is it The interface is good, I think. It's, it's kind of like Netflix where they categorize things like... Um, uh, there's like a 90s fan favorites one. There's uh, animated, there's From the Vault, you know, that kind of stuff. But you can also just go right into movies. Shit, The Vault? That's a neat idea. Yeah, which like is... That. That's a good idea, though. It's their old stuff, right? But they used to... Hey, they hooked us on... No, I know that. Releasing From the Vault, go yeah. buy this DVD, so... Go buy this VHS tape that you probably... Yeah. Um. So... Hey, those things are no longer collectible anymore. No. I think this pretty probably much... a lot of them. I feel like they, uh, at I, some point, they may go up in value, I, but right I, now, they're not worth it. I anything. feel like this just killed it. <laughs> you can also search... Uh, you can go under just movies or, or series. You can search that uh, or sort that by alphabetical or whatever. And then from the homepage also, there is four subsections that you can just look at just Marvel, just Pixar, just Disney, or just uh, National Geographic. That's smart. So, I'm surprised there's not just Fox. 
There's very little Fox. For now. For now. Hopefully There's for now. There's probably a lot of issues with licensing. And again... Like, I mean, talk about Mad TV. This is my... That would be awesome My concern there. is that because the, the from what I'm seeing and, and what the rumors are, that they don't really want to go above, really above PG if they can help it, there is not a lot of adult or, or you know... Well, yeah, adult. Adult content, really. I was actually kind of surprised The Simpsons are on there. Uh, and maybe uh, now not, because it's so... But now when you think about things like um, Bob's Burger and you think about things like... Yeah, but that stuff's not on there either. Disenchant- no, no, what I'm getting at is like that stuff's out there mainstream for your tween teenager audience. So when you compare that and the conversations and content and jokes and humor and shit that's in that versus what we had in The Simpsons, The Simpsons isn't close yeah, to Yeah, I mean, I So, guess- I mean, you can really get away with... A Simpsons today is probably a PG, whereas... You know, back then, Simpsons but were always you, flirting with PG-13. When you look at the catalog, when you get the app and you look, you'll see what I mean. Like, it's it's very... The cutoff is very low, I think, age-wise, except I'm for a couple things. For now. So... They're going to... I bet you anything they'll explore an element to it later to yeah. step the game up. Because they're going to end up with a lot of content coming out of Fox. Yeah. There's a whole potential they're going to end up with the stuff that they brought over from, from Fox in the X-Men... Deadpool era. We've talked about this. I, yeah, I think there's again, something the, to flirt around the, with here. See, in America, you can bundle, you can get Disney Plus and get a version that includes uh, Hulu as well. So I wonder, like, if the Hulu is going to be is more the of the, the adult. They own, they own Hulu, right? They they have a controlling stake in it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking, maybe. Or they're waiting for Sony to put theirs out and they just buy Sony. So for now, for me, really, the only draw is The Mandalorian. Um, but certainly. I, I'm really looking forward to the Marvel stuff. Like, I, I'm personally, I'm going to give it a year. I'm going to buy it for a year. I'm going to pay for the 12 months because it's a good deal. I'm going to buy it for a year. And then I really will weigh it out in a year. Because in that year, I should get... Um, I think in a year's time, you'll get at least the first season of all the shows that they've announced, right? Yeah, yeah I'm going to get all the first season from pretty much all the Marvel spinoffs. I'm going to get... I don't know if I get Kenobi or Kenobi will be coming. And then I get... Uh, I'll, have, I'll have Mandalorian almost all the way through. Oh, Mandalorian will be done in a matter yeah. of months. Yeah. Well, they said they're... Because there's only season eight, two, six or eight episodes? Season two's already greenlit. They're already doing yeah. it. Yeah. So, um, but anyhow, like that content alone right there, and then just the stuff from the vault kind of mentality, and I'm sure there's more live action shit they're going to roll out that is more probably geared to my kids. Um, and some of the classics I'm looking forward to playing at Lake Seattle. Well, I think so, definitely for your kids, there, I, there's no doubt that it's it'd be worthwhile for them. Because even, even if in the case of if you want to show them older stuff and and even if they're not into that there's certainly enough of the modern stuff that they would be like you yeah, know it's a nice mix yeah and the fact they can't get on netflix anymore they probably would like to have it there yeah so. there's a couple things like um that i might dive into they have a lot of the animated um like spider-man iron man hulk uh avengers that kind of stuff oh uh, they also have ducktales coming on yeah, and they, they ducktales have... darkwing duck they have gargoyles yeah right there i'm getting those three series alone and now I have to can't recall if DuckTales, which I felt like I watched for years, is one of those shows I might be let down to realize it might be three seasons, but I'm not sure. It it could be. They have both versions of DuckTales because they did reboot DuckTales yeah, they did. a year or two ago. So what that's on Tailspin? there. Yeah, that's on there. Shit. Chip that and alone. Dale, See, uh, right there. Goof Troop. All that Disney Afternoon stuff. I'm is in there. right there. 90 bucks right there. I'm good. There's also a lot of... Such a giant child. A lot of Disney Channel programs, which I don't know because it's not... 
yeah, sort yeah. of Disney programming. But your kids, your kids I, might. Know I've it. been to Disney enough times to see the original programming they play on television mm-hmm. all the time, so I'll recognize a lot of that yeah. shit. So, so yeah, like for me, the draw is going to be the original programming. I think, but certainly if you have kids, I, I don't see it being a miss at all. I and, was giving. And, I was it giving works it, well. I was, it, I was giving the first week. I was going to give it a week. Yeah. Make sure there's no bugs, things. And to be honest with you, just my schedule this week, I really didn't have time to sit down and watch anything anyways. So even if I bought the service, I wouldn't turn the TV on until probably tonight, but everybody came over tonight because it was my birthday. So tomorrow might Greg. be the first time I could actually watch anything anyways. So I don't know if we actually said it. To be clear, Adam turned 38, not 48. I was just joking. Yeah, yeah. We're such a small fan base. They know the difference. Yes. We do call ourselves Xennials, which means I'd have to be 38 and not 48. Oh, so speaking of Disney Plus, um, we've kind we? of talked. I think we were. Are you losing your mind already? No. Uh, I did watch episode one of The Mandalorian. I'm not going to talk about any of it here this minute, but I will say that it's fantastic, and I think you will certainly like it. I've heard after the 10 minute mark, it's fantastic. I thought actually the first 10 minutes was great. Okay. I, I honestly I, had really no. I just, I just heard from multiple places, which is ironic because when I say multiple places, I mean probably about four different podcasts I've listened to this week that are completely in different genres. We're all talking about Mandalorian. They all, as the host, popped over and said, hey, out of pop culture, and I'm talking about hockey, I'm talking about wrestling, I'm talking about fitness. They all jumped over and talked about it. And what was remarkable, none of these podcasts are integrated with each other or know each other or have anything to do with each other. And they all said the first 10 to 12 minutes they could have done, they, they were worried where it was headed. And then all of a sudden, a particular scene moment happens where a door opens and there's some characters there and it was all of a sudden like boom okay good we're here we're here see i don't know because i mean i don't know that's just that's like that's we'll like, talk about it when you yeah. when you've seen i for me i actually thought they i thought they set up the character very well right from the beginning um so i thought it was good i i thought it was great but what i was going to say is we talked about a little bit of this today via text message i think what we're going to try and we'll probably Space it out so we're at least a week behind when the episode comes out. You know, try to be not complete dicks. But I think what we're going to do is sit down and actually do essentially an episode for each episode of The Mandalorian and do like a running commentary of the episode after we've seen it proper. Obviously. You you must really love this idea because one of the ideas I have pitched in our to our showrunner, which is ourselves, mm-hmm. um, I really wanted to do a commentary of some of our 80s and 90s action films. Now, this is the closest you've come to agreeing to this concept. Now, it's a little more modern, and we'll do it as, I guess, not during the episode, obviously after the episode. Or do we want to, Do we want the episode playing in the background? Well, without- here's, here's what I'm thinking we do. I think we watch it, whether together or independently, properly first. Yeah. Then when we record, we'll talk about we'll talk a little bit before, and then I think we'll put the episode on with sound off, maybe closed captions on, and we'll just talk over the episode recording yeah. our thoughts on the episode and what's going on, and then do like a bit of a you re- must really, recap like, at the end. You must have really been impacted by this episode. Like You must really like this. That's I, all I'm going to say, because well, it's really triggered this for you. It's not... I mean, I, I the idea that you had is great. I think the problem I always had was what movie would we do, and I thought... Predator. With the... Commando. Okay. You tango, have a list. Tango, tango, That's tango, tango, cash. tango cash. I just think with this being uh, new and we can do it as it's coming out or close to it and it's relevant, we can get our sea legs on this. And then once we've got an idea how things go, then we can, we can get into movies and whatnot. Sorry, I'm stuck on trying to remember the name of a Stallone movie that I really wanted in this sequence and I can't remember what it is. It's killing me so bad. Nighthawks? 
No. Cobra? Yes. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> was it what's the sharpening name? of the knife? Oh, uh, yes. Mar- Marianne Cobaretti or something like that? Because that's a man's name. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, God. This is, this is solid gold. So, mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It is. Make a list. So, yes. And uh, I feel like Tropic Thunder should be on the list. Yeah. God. Another movie that, like, I can't even imagine that movie being made nowadays. So, okay. So, segueing in to something else then. So, mm-hmm. I've been having this really interesting time. My daughter is 13. She is very sarcastic. She enjoys being... She, you, at 13, you started pushing up against the things you were watching. Like, you really started pushing outside of what you grew up with, right? You were... Still enjoyed some fun stuff. Like, hell, I was still watching Darkwing Duck and Gargoyles and all sure. that shit because it was around that time frame for me. Yep. But at the same time, I was also watching Tango and Cash and Cobra and all this shit in the background, right? So I'm really wrestling with this, like, because I do feel like uh, as society, we are way helicopter parenting and way oversensitizing the shit than we had. And I don't think it screwed us up. I think it's actually our, gener- our edge of our generation is We still got the best of both worlds. Right behind us, those millennials, unfortunately, started getting the hover parenting and they didn't get the opportunities to just be a little more open to be given the opportunity to have their own opinions and figure out whether they can handle shit or not, right? You've watched Nightmare on Elm Street. You couldn't sleep at night. Your parents said, no more scary movies for you because you can't handle it. Then the kids right behind us didn't even get to watch those movies because they heard the stories about us, not some kids not doing well with it. So we've seen this trend. So I'm at this thing right now with my kids where... You know, my 13-year-old's a massive reader. Massive reader. She knocks off books that it scares the shit out of me, by the way. I'm worried supervillain. Um, so, but then we watch things like, okay, for example, we watch Kill Bill Volume 1. I want you to see your reaction. Okay, so for those that remember Kill Bill Volume 1, which it took me, I had to go back and watch it. I mean, I'm just trying to think, like, obviously it's violent. That's it. And that is actually And it. language, maybe. Honestly, language-wise, not as bad as you think. I really thought it would be worse, and it really wasn't. There was like three, I would say three sentences in there that were a little up against the edge. But when they were delivered by female characters, they actually weren't as bad, okay? So, and watching it, yes, violent, but it was so out there violent. Like, it just Oh, yeah, you know, it's not realistic violence sense, at all. No, no, right? No. So when when I'm watching my daughter watch it, she chuckled at shit, like a little bit of a, oh, I can't believe they did that, or oh, that was a, oh, oh, and it was like, so she got. Which is, in, exactly. which is the response yeah. you should have, yes. because it's it's done for. Um, Almost comedic. Not shock value, but yeah. like, um, yeah, like. like Making fun Oh, I can't of, believe they did that. Like you yeah. say, yeah, like, wow, okay. Extreme it's major, crazy, right? yeah. So. You know, watching that, and then I'm trying to think. There was something else we watched that was very similar in nature. Well, Zombieland's kind of like that, too. Um, a few flicks like that. And I was kind of chuckling at it, thinking like... And and I find... I asked her. I said, you know, kids your age? I mean, she's a grade eight. It's a pretty pinnacle time for getting into film, television, books, and all that stuff. Pop culture is starting to really pick up be part of her life. And I went down this road like, well, what are your friends watch or how they watch? And it's, I can't believe the mix. And what I mean by mix, okay... I would say, and I'm not trying to be biased, my kids are right in the middle. I mean, almost virtually right in the middle. So there are kids that watch a little bit of YouTube and they watch, you know, cartoons, which is fine. Every kid, I, I don't, I still watch cartoons. I was excited about Gargoyles when you mentioned it's coming back on. Um, but they really don't go outside of that. And movies are like really old, um, teeny girl movies. I don't mean to say it like that, but like, 
Enchanted or um, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days or shit like that, right? Or the, was it the 10... 10 Things I Hate About You? Yeah, like stuff like that, right? Pop culture kids. Which, by the way, is on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, Breakfast Club, maybe, maybe, okay? okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, some things like that, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, my kid, and not just her, but there's a group of her friends around there that are that stuff. Like, my daughter told me how much she loved Breakfast Club. Absolutely loved it. And then she's watching Kill Bill, right? And then in the next thing, she's watching episodes of Friends, and then she's watching Grease, and then she's watching uh, House on Silent... What is it? Haunted Hill or Silent Hill? Where the fuck it is? That Haunted, uh, yeah. House on Haunted Hill. Yeah. yeah. So like she's in there, right? Mm. Then there's this group of kids that are like... Just watching murder videos. Just straight up faces of death. Pretty close. <laughs> like they are going to the movie theater, which by the way, I still can't understand how the fuck they do this. They went to the movie theater for um, Get Out. They went to the movie theater for... Well, have you seen our movie theater? They will let anybody in because they're like, well, yeah, oh, like, you want to see a movie here? That's my, great. We'll my kid's it. telling me like, yeah, they went to the movies. I'm like, with their parents? And, she, and they're like, no. And I'm like, holy fuck. So, and then there's some films like, you know, Internet Movie Database. Shout out. Shout out to Internet Movie Database. Please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you as a parent. Because your parental guide is so easy to jog your memory quickly when you're trying to double check if your kid should or shouldn't watch a movie, right? You can flip on real fast and be like, shit, yep, they did say that, forgot about that, or the scene where Will Ferrell rips out his junk and wipes it on the drum set in Step Brothers. You forgot that he did that, and they show it. Keep making that sound like it's a bad thing. It sounds good to me. When you sit there with a 13-year-old daughter, you're glad you didn't play it. Well, I wouldn't be watching <laughs> movies with the daughter, I'm just saying. So, things like that, right? And then there's moments, too, where I'm having this really fun, fun experience, which if anyone out there has kids that are going down this path and they're doing this, or maybe you've already done it, where you watch older movies with them that you remember being funny or pinnacally funny, and you recognize that the, the humor might always hold up, but you remember being safe or you felt like it was safe. And then you watch it with them to only realize that where the needle was in the 90s on humor that was acceptable for teens versus where humor is acceptable today for teens is way the fuck different. So for example, Dumb and Dumber. You would not think Dumb and Dumber went over the barrel on a few things. Put it on. Or go to Internet Movie Database, refresh your memory. And there are things that are already went, shit, we're here. It was said. Now what do I do? And I was like, where do I go? Because I'm here. I think the barometer of what is, quote, Farley Brothers, acceptable. I should have known Farley Brothers. I should have thought about it. I should have used me, myself, and Irene as a barometer and thought about it. I mean, you could argue the whole premise of, like, shallow Hal, like, in... 2019 is like eh, that's probably a bit cringeworthy like it's there's certainly a lot of things that uh, yeah i mean humor changes and also what is technically deemed as acceptable i think the difference becomes is it unacceptable because society has changed for the worse and has just become too touchy or is it because it was in fact it was out of line and at okay. the time no, I, I'm just saying no, there, no, are, there I, are differences depending on the it. film I love I, I agree with you a thousand percent and I'm glad we went here because I was thinking about something this week and I don't want to bring it back to the hockey world the Don Cherry bullshit but I think there's an element I don't even want to go there because the whole world's been there too many times mm. and the fact that the guy is on Fox News kind of re- reinvigorates the point of what he's doing um, but anyways this whole cancer cult, uh, cancel culture or whether like society or whatever you want to call it mm. This quick to knee-jerk reaction to what I don't like, so I need to destroy you. 
what the fuck? Why have we gone off the rails as like like internal crazy censorship police? Like the same stuff we'd watch movies about, like think 1984, for example, where it was like crazy censor society. We're doing that. And, and the people that are doing it are the people who grew up watching those things saying, oh, we'll never let that happen. And they're the ones fucking doing it. And here's the thing. I'm not siding with anybody on any topic. What I'm getting at is that it's easy for people to do things that you don't like, right? And and it's easy for people to say things or or to, you know, especially in these, all these multiple platforms and channels where everyone's trying to put content all the time like we're doing it ourselves. It's easy for people to not like something I say or not like something you say or whatever the case may be. But unless we're like hurting somebody or try, trying to maliciously attack someone or like... I don't get where the the wrath comes out of people. Like just because you didn't like it. And listen, I go on social media and hear hear and see all kinds of things. I'm like, fuck, that was ridiculous. But I don't come at it with a vengeance and wrath to destroy them. There's like I don't understand this whole knee jerk reaction. Are we that touchy? Well, that's it. Like, why can't I mean, as you said, as long as it isn't out and out harmful towards somebody or intentionally harmful towards somebody. If it's not for you, it's not for you. Just move on. Yeah, and listen, I'm, uh, and, and and you know, this isn't. I'm not gonna say just just triggered by say Don Cherry, um, and, and to be honest with you, I do agree he was past his his uh, Best Buy date, and I do think the lines he threw out there was a little way too much, and because cons- and you have to consider sometimes the platform. I mean, there's a lot of variables, right? You consider the platform somebody's on, the audience they keep, the influence they potentially have over both young and old, and you know, those things are part of the equation, okay? So do I think there is a necessity for sometimes to say, oh shit, whoops, yeah, over the mark. So I think everyone deserves the opportunity because the demand for content, if something comes across inappropriate or maybe misunderstood or someone's spinning the words, I think everyone gets a chance to, hey, hold on a second, that's not what I meant. There's enough content nowadays, I think you have the chance to go back and do that. Now, granted, in this case, if you talk about Cherry, he didn't go back and do it. He doubled down, which then made it really clear what he did. So it was a little, so much easier to say, yeah, that doesn't work today, bud. Sorry, it's enough's enough. Okay, I get that. But then you have this culture who is like, they want to rip his spine from his body and hang him up a flagpole. Like, it's like, whoa, like, look, it's done. An older generational man who probably is a bit of a xenophobe. Um, I think he would give a shirt off his back I to mean, anybody. How old is he? 85. Here's the thing. So I think he would give a shirt of his back to anybody, regardless of creed, race, immigration status, it doesn't matter whatsoever. But he also went through a lot of generations with a lot of opinions, and you're going to carry that weight with you. I'm sorry. You're not going to change every 10 years. Yeah, and and that's adapt. what I was going to say. Like, Come I on. think you can only, even if you're, I don't know what the term is, hip to what's proper and what's good and what you should be doing, that only carries so far. If you're 85 years old, okay. Granted, whatever he actually is, but if you if you've been around for 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 decades, you can only change that person's opinion so far. Like they're they're only going to be able to change, like to a certain degree, and then you have to just be like, look, they were raised in an environment for so long. I mean, I I can't think, you know, I, I don't think we're going to be able to necessarily accept everything that happens in our lifetime. And I don't think anyone should be expected to. At some point, that person has to just stop. They can't, you can't, it's it's hard, man. It's hard. 
now to keep up with some of the stuff that's going on and to make sure you're not stepping on toes. You know, it's not, you know, your intention could be good. Hold on. Here's the thing, though. Yeah, your intention can be good and things can come across wrong, right? But this shoot first mentality, ask questions later thought process that's happening is a bit much. And so prime example, you know, the Don Cherry thing comes, I'm a massive hockey fan. Anyone that's a massive hockey fan went, "Mm, it was coming. And in fact, if you think about how he's talked about like Russians and Europeans and stuff over the years and women in hockey and women in the dressing room, he... (laughs) This is not surprising. It eventually happened, right? And, and it, it was surprising that it happened around Remembrance Day because that is such a strong thing for him. And the way he did it was just woo, woo, too much. Um, so I don't think that was surprising. I think it was the gravity, how fast it happened was a little surprising. But I can weigh all that out and saying like, look, there's a lot of PR control to do there. And to be fair, there's a lot of staff that worked with him that were personally affected by his comments. But you so, know what? I'll tell you exactly what it was. It was advertisers. As soon as advertisers start saying, we're not happy with that or we're not comfortable with that, I, I'm sorry. Don't don't forget, you have an entire Punjabi contact, con, um, con, uh, show that goes out Hockey Night in Canada, yeah. Punjabi edition. And he says, when you people come here, and he's throwing it down that he's throwing it down that rabbit hole. But I'm just saying, like, and the next broadcast on the next intermission is the people he just commented about. I think you're already fucked. As soon yeah. as he did it, there's but no I, way to come out. Of I that do hole. think that as soon as the money stops or the money threatens to stop, yeah, then certainly there is more eyeballs on that situation than and, and, there would have been otherwise. And I think that comes with the being aware of where you are and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Right, you're on a national platform. Actually, you're on one of the largest. It influential national platforms we have in this country, bar none. If you're not cognizant of that, then it probably is time to get off that platform because it's going to be dangerous. But he's not cognizant of it because he's been doing the same thing for decades. Yeah, it's grown, and I don't think he's aware of the growth himself because he lives in this comfortable thing. He that he's is done the, the same, same way. guy now yeah. that he was when he started. Actually, just not as sharp though. He's definitely aged. No, he's, a, he's 85. But <laughs> his ideals. I don't think mm. have changed. And yeah, Ron's gone into the times and Don didn't really. Yeah, so it was I mean, you could make the argument that Ron was going to let whatever happened happen oh, and listen, then sort it out after, which he kind of did. As they share with you, Ron has the pieces in his ear. He's listening to the commands from the truck. And Ron has the job of driving the bus, which is Don Cherry, in trying to steer him in eight minutes to get through as much as they can to get him in sequence with the footage they're going to try to roll. And Don goes where he wants. So... You know, he's hurting kittens, Ron is, at the very best. And so that is challenging. And on television, someone's talking in your ear. So if they're talking in his ear, that doesn't mean he necessarily is hearing everything coming out of Don's mouth. So for him to react is going to be very hard. But but I also think, too, like, the reason Don Cherry is there changed. When he started there, he was there because he had been a coach. Good point. He had been in hockey. He was an expert in that field. At some point, probably in the 90s, or maybe the late 80s, became a soapbox. it was, yeah. we're going to tune in to see what he says. Yeah. Shock he, value. It's, they were riding that edge for so long because he was drawing people in because they wanted to see what is Don going to say next. Yeah. And, and to be fair, in the 90s, he was ripping on Russians and Europeans and stuff. So it, listen, he, he it's not new to him. It's just society's had enough, maybe yeah. in some ways. Now, which is... Aside from Don, and this is more time than I want to spend on Don. So, where it's interesting. So, the, what the hell do they call it? Is it the talk? 
The, the social. Okay, this pissed me off. And why this pissed me off isn't because someone took a run at Don. Not at all. I think he he kind of opened himself up to a little bit of interpretation for people, people to feel and express how they were affected by something from a guy that's a bit of an icon. I get that. Now, if you weren't really a hockey fan or you weren't tuning in, I feel like I always feel like the weight of your opinion should probably be um, closer to the, your involvement. Okay. So I'm a relatively big hockey fan and I really have reserved comment. I just didn't throw a lot out there because I'm, you know, you've watched it over the years and you've seen that there's good and bad and everything. Right. And I firmly believe that no matter what the, you know, whatever the bubble is of, of, you know, a culture, uh, and when I say culture, I mean like a sport culture, maybe a religious culture, maybe a hobby culture, whatever it is. Like there's a bubble that exists in that little bit. And there's good and bad inside of that, right? There's there's people that are things like, hey, that makes it really interesting. I see what they're doing. I like that idea. I want to try it. Or that person represents a part of it that's really shitty and that makes me want to stay away from it. And I think they're all assholes. The latter part of that statement is exactly what the problem is, is that we cast a big brush stroke and put everybody under the same color of something when it's not necessarily accurate. So in this particular case on the social, she goes on and she just like rips apart this hockey culture and says that this is exactly what this hockey culture is. And, you know, I don't, her as a Canadian doesn't pray to the culture, the, the, what is it? The idol of the hockey gods and all this. Like she just kind of ripped the culture up. And then she talked about her experiences at university and that these particular type of people that liked hockey were these big jock assholes and blah, blah, blah. Look, I was a huge hockey fan and I was a fucking fat kid with a, window curtains that played video games pretty 24-7 and watched wrestling, but I was also a huge hockey fan. And I certainly wasn't a person that was going to fucking push anybody around and be a dick. So the the her response was, in my opinion, just as bad, if not worse, than what Don did. I'm not saying that it's compared like that makes what Don did any better. What I'm getting at is what Don did was necessary was was wrong. I think I think it was wrong. What she did though, I think was equally as wrong or worse. And that the, the what pisses me off is that she gets praise, Don gets punishment, and she typecasts a whole group of people. She fucking ripped on them. She called them a general stereotype, bit of a heathen society, basically shit on white males. Okay, which listen, I get. There's many shit white males, but there's many shit everyone. Okay, and you threw everybody in the situation. You threw. The hockey moms and dads, the hockey um, teams that, you know, they spend time in, in the communities doing things like garbage pickups and they do food drives. And they do all kinds of shit in communities. And a lot of times in Canada, hockey clubs are a bit of a backbone in small communities to do a lot of philanthropy work um, that otherwise wouldn't get done. So, you know, it was really a lot of ignorance, the same way Don had a lot of ignorance in the conversation. And I was just really pissed. I'm like, this is such a fucking double standard. Yeah, and from what I read, she kind of she backstepped a little bit. And if it's true, I get what she's saying in that she the the way I heard it after was that what she meant to say or how she should have said it was that that was her personal experience, right? Okay. Which is different. Yes, it, but because where she when went, she was on TV, it sounded and came across oh. as a way more of a generalized blanket statement. She spent a long time on a generalized mm-hmm. part and a small time on a specific personal experience. Mm-hmm. And listen, I get the personal experience would create a perspective, a hundred percent. But as a grown adult, we try to teach people younger than us and 
we teach, try to teach people around us to have a little bit of a perspective that, hey, easy, there's two sides, at least two sides to a coin, sometimes more. But I guarantee you there's a minimum of two sides to a coin. And, you know, this was really short-sighted of her at a time where he's done something that wasn't operating on that perspective, and she did exactly the same thing. Yeah, and the argument that CTV made in defending her was that it is a program of opinions and that was her opinion, which is fine. However, it is a double standard then if that is the case. And granted, they are different networks, but that segment of that hockey program is an opinion piece. So if that standard is to be used for one... In theory, it should be used for the other. So yeah. that's it, where things are right and where now. where I will bend a little bit on this is at the very least, there was an attempt for her to address her statement and try to share her perspective on where she was coming from and why she came across that way. She tried. And she tried to do it in a manner, as you said, a bit of a step back. Now, I think it was fucking pretty pathetic of a step back, but there was an attempt at it. And, and if I were to compare it to, say, Don who doubled down on the, fuck no, this is what I meant. Like, he really buried himself. And then he goes on fucking Fox News just to cement the fucking point home. So, granted, it made it so much easier in that decision-making. But what I was kind of getting at this was within 48 hours, this happens. And what it tells me is that we're not learning anything as society when this happens. So if you are a spokesperson, if you have a platform, if you have these influencing opportunities, or you know, even in a sense, I think you should be referring to as a responsibility, be fucking cognizant of it. Be aware of the fact that, hey, if someone this just happened to who for 40 years had this level of influence before these platforms even fucking arrived, and this is what the outcome was, which we can argue inevitability, um, don't think you are fucking um, not going to be held to the sub same accountability. Like, accept accountability. Like, this whole thing, this is clickbait culture, this fucking cancel culture, whatever they want to call it, it's like, we're trying to force accountability on others, but not hold it ourselves. I mean, we are getting really fucked up to the point where if we're not going to hold accountability ourselves, we got a bigger mess, man. Way bigger fucking mess. And I, I do not try to make it like doomsday. I'm usually pretty optimistic. But, you know, as the older we get, maybe it's just perspective, but I start to realize that the more I can hold accountability for myself and take responsibility for how I behave and take the effort to have a perspective on somebody else's view issues, concerns, opinions, where they're coming from to take that time, fuck, life is easier, man. It is easier, it's smoother, it's nicer, it's kinder, it's happier, it's more productive. Well, and the other thing, I mean, really, you're working for somebody else. So you have to take an account that that organization is going to take the brunt of anything that comes because of what you've said. So you have to realize that if you're working for an organization like Rogers that has a huge broadside of, of contact with the public, which is going to come at you or kind of going to come at them from all sides, then, I mean, you have to, you have to be aware of that. You, it's not like, it's not like me and you talking in private or you talking with your friends, you're talking and representing a company that is huge. It's almost a monopoly. Yeah. So, I mean, you have to keep that in mind. It's you can, you can essentially say and do, to an extent, whatever you want in private. But if you are representing a company, I mean, they do have that right to shut you down. It is a business. 
And if they see money or viewership going down because of it or re- the reputation, I mean, Man. it is what it is. I would love to bring like a psychologist and maybe a sociologist and smart people. No, I, what I'm talking about is the study of behavior and get into, because what I'm getting at is that I think social media, listen, I've been off Facebook for a while now, right? And I'm telling you, it's like I quit crack. I, and I'm not that I've been on crack, but I'm just assuming this is what the better part of life is so like. clear he's never been on crack. The dependency issue with my device has exp- exponentially decreased, Okay. I have found myself in so many situations where I sit there with my phone face up on a fucking table or if I'm sitting on the couch, it's face up around me. It's not in my hand. I'm not looking at it. I'm not picking it up. I will go hours not touching that phone. And I mean, okay, if my boss is listening, I'm all the time. Um, (laughs) But the reality is I'll go long periods of time without the necessity to touch it unless it's going to be productive in some manner, right? Otherwise, I'm I'm not there. I might, I might grab my tablet, and this is truth. I'll grab my tablet, and I have like a couple little you know, mobile games that I'll, I'll fuck around with here and there. Uh, but I mean, in all seriousness, if that takes up 30 minutes of a 24-hour period, that might be all it takes up. Because I'm, I'm a cheap bastard, so I only do the free shit. So the game takes 24 hours to reload all the shit, right? So you know, that's the extent of it. And I'll be honest with you, my FaceTime, I really should get um, something to measure it to give you an example of it. I can't believe how fucking low it is. I know what's. But do you think that's because, like, is that just a case of you are aware that you as a person have, to an extent, an addictive personality to that kind of thing? Honestly, and and you're just aware of it, so you are you're cutting back the options that would be provided you to do that. So I still have Instagram, Mm -hmm. right? Still have LinkedIn, still have Twitter, right? Okay, so Twitter is news. To me, it's news, and you can breeze through Twitter relatively quickly. Don't really end up down. I don't find myself down rabbit holes on Twitter Twitter, because I follow stuff related to work, related to news, a little bit of pop culture, but that is in sport. And that's about it. I mean, that's four big bubbles, but quite frankly, it's not everybody in those bubbles. And that's it. Instagram. Yeah, there's. I have personal interest on Instagram, but I feel like Instagram is such short blips of content that when you do peruse through it, it's quick. You really can get through shit quick. And so if it doesn't caught your attention, you can turn it off in two seconds. I find Instagram is really quick if you do check it. Um, and LinkedIn is more of a dedicated thing because there is a combination of news and learning uh, from my social network. And what I find is LinkedIn really comfortably replaced Facebook to feel like it's this is the content I actually cared about when I first got on Facebook was the sharing of the st- of ideas and stuff, not not the perpetrated bullshit of social I don't know. I don't refer to it as, but, but honestly, so, but you're I don't find you, you spent a lot of time on Facebook. Yes. I feel like what has happened. And I, I, I guess I probably spent more time on Facebook than I realized. First of all, cause I didn't think I spent a lot of time on Facebook, but now that it's gone, I've notably seen and feel the difference of not being on my device when I see others are, and I, it's more prevalent than ever before. See, I wonder, because like, I don't have that draw to Facebook. Like, I really don't. I have it, but I don't use it. I really can't be bothered. For me, it, I would, I, I'm would. i drawn more to the, the things like Twitter and Instagram because, because I can go through it quicker. Yeah. Facebook, to me, 
is a drag. Like it's it's slow. It's a slog. I have to go through all this stuff, and you know, as you know, a lot of it's, eh, it's garbage. Not. So I I I just because of that, I don't use it as often. But I, I just figure. I honestly figure my mobile device use solid fare not over exaggerating use time is probably 30 to 40 percent less than a day yeah i i feel like it's very significant i wouldn't be bold to say half but i i would certainly say substantial and i i i for some reason maybe because facebook was the first thing that made my device stay in my hand more than you know it was the first gateway into this social media platforms that made you check your phone more often. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the relationship I held with Facebook. I don't know. But as soon as I got rid of that, I felt like the other things were add-ons to Facebook, or at least in my mind, they were added after the fact, right? So they just don't hold the same priority that Facebook was like your first thing that got you in there. And it went away. So looking at my daily average screen time on my phone is currently at three and a half hours. Okay, I got to Is that just your phone that does that? My phone does that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll check and switch mine because I'll be very interested. And considering that I'm a person that works on the road, my office is based out of my house, I bet you my screen time probably quite high, but I wouldn't think it would be too much higher than that, to be honest with you. Yeah, and that now my do understanding the, is I don't think it shows me which apps I'm opening. Just that it's. I would I mean, just start. I would just want to start with screen time. Yeah, yeah. because it's, that means the device is in your hand. Yeah, right. So that would be very curious. And I, I'm going to do that next week. Not that anyone cares, but we'll do it for the sake of the show. I'm going to throw it there because I really believe getting off that. I get off Facebook was a big change because with our age, Facebook was our first big sure draw into social media. Sure, yeah, yeah absolutely. And I feel like that there's probably maybe MySpace if you were somehow onto that at the time. But Facebook would be the big one for sure. But even if you're a MySpace fan, you're not as hooked on Facebook because you had a trial run with MySpace. So it seems like those people actually are cognizant of what Facebook is doing to society. Sure. Yep. But honestly, and I don't think Facebook has the hold it used to have, but I think with our generation, it it opened up the addictive properties of social media and the need of the cancel like culture. Feedback and... Like society, yeah. whatever the bullshit titles are getting, but they're all realities, right? So anyways, they uh, regardless whether you are hooked or not hooked on Facebook, where you spend a lot of time or not a lot of time on your, your social media, you're always going to need energy to pick me up. And you know where you can get a really good Holy pick me up? shit. <laughs> wow. That, that might be, that you may have won because I think you, you gave me shit the other time because I came into this. That came out of nowhere. I was absolutely not expecting that. But go on, carry so on. So where, where can you get a great pick me up, Matt? Well, you know, I've heard that both Deadly Grounds and 8-Bit Beans Coffee will give you that pickup you need to get through the rest of the day, uh, whether you're gaming or enjoying a horror movie marathon. And if you go to DeadlyGroundsCoffee.ca and use the promo code HAPPYZEN, you can get 15% off your entire order. Yes, absolutely. And they have a wide range of beans, grinds, and flavors. And you know what? I encourage you to try as many as you can. Personal favorite of mine is Taste Invaders. I enjoy, mm, I enjoy the brood, and I enjoy mm, espresso playground. I think are my two favorites currently right now. 
Absolutely. And so a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours on the show, uh, Chris Johnson from Sportsnet, sent me a picture the other day. I think I showed this about a week ago with his um, Deadly Grounds order delivered to his house. And we followed with a few thumbs up and some open eyes because for a guy like that that works as much as he does, he drinks a lot of coffee and he has no problem supporting Deadly Grounds. And he thinks that's a go to for him. So that's right. Unofficial plug from Sportsnet to Deadly Grounds. <laughs> we this is our last episode. Uh <laughs> We've been shut down by a sports net. How's uh, that? Eh? I was thinking about that. Holy I, shit. You yeah. came out of nowhere. I was not expecting that at all. I've been watching this. I've been tier. listening to a lot of podcasts on Segways, man. Anyways, we're, I want to break up the, that section because I want to go something else. I was looking at your list that you put together for some conversation pieces. My random thoughts because my brain doesn't work. And to yet. be honest, I love some of the stuff up here. And there's some of it I have no idea what it is. But okay, there's two things I really, really want to talk about on your list. Well, some of it is because you always quiz me for the same thing every episode. And I never know what I've... Uh, so I'm going to start with actually one further down your list than mm. the next will be up and then we got to get to the top item so fighting with my family yes you finally watched it uh yes i did so for those that didn't watch it it's just real it's the story more or less true story of, of yes. uh, Paige in the wwe and her rise because she was the youngest woman champion ever and her story and how she got there is really kind of cool she from was england 18 when she got into yeah the WWE. and her story is really cool and it didn't the movie involved the rock but also involved uh nick frost uh great great actor we've enjoyed for a very very long time uh, Le- uh what's her name lena uh Hedy? yeah cersei game of thrones yeah yeah 100 percent. i mean what a diverse actress by the way um anyways and i forget all the time she's in judge dread um oh yeah so and many other things actually when you think about it so anyways 300? yeah yeah um oh we play this game she was also in um oh i just watched it with my kids Probably shouldn't share that I watched this with my kids. No, probably not. <laughs> Depending on... What are we talking about? It was Ethan Hawke as well. It was The Purge. Oh, she is in the first Purge movie. Yeah. That's Which, right. by the way, again, is actually not that bad for your kids to watch. And uh, uh, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, the uh-huh. Terminator TV program. She was so on. Okay, we're way off topic. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Fighting With My Family. Yes. What'd you think? I thought it was pretty good for a wrestling movie. I mean, we got to talk about some of the wrestling movies that existed out there. Here's the I was immediately concerned because, of course, in the the initial credits, there's the to me brand new WWE Studios logo, and I'm like, ooh, this can't be good. But oh, that's a real thing. That's way better. I was concerned, but yeah, it's um no, it was good. It was and there was things I'm sure in, as you watch it too, you're probably like, mm, that seems probably better than it actually was, or like. That guy was probably nicer than he probably was. Like the Vince Vaughn character is clearly uh, based on, uh, uh, what the hell was his name? Hugh Morris. Yeah. Who was the trainer for the NXT and all that, who, as far as I know, lost his job because he was an asshole to most people there. Uh, So that was a little bit on the light side. Also, the fact that the Vince Vaughn character would have that much pull seemed... You know what, though? I wouldn't... A little strong. I would... The more I am getting back into the world of uh, wrestling entertainment, I don't know. I think there's some people that do have a lot of pull, like the William Regals of the world, the Shawn Michaels of the world. I think they got a hell of a lot more pull because of Triple H and shit like that. So I think there's stuff in the background that I don't know. I wouldn't, Yeah, but I wouldn't, do you think the guy that's running the training yes. would have... Yeah, I'm not weighing in. I'm not weighing in mm. on that because I think it's a very small nucleus of people that run that shit. It's also sometimes why I think they're not as successful... And sometimes they wrestle with their success. Sometimes they do really well. Sometimes they don't because I think the nucleus of people is too small. And that's why like things like AEW, for example, who is a really wide range of team with fresh material is going to do really well for a while. 
And then if they don't keep the doors open for new ideas, they're going to get around the same problem and they won't survive because WWE just has brand recognition that will allow them to survive that. So that's a whole different And then thing. the other thing that was, and I looked it up after just to confirm, there was no way her 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 first appearance in the WWE, she'd win the belt and she didn't. What they omitted from the movie was that she had actually been in NXT for quite a while at that time and she had been the NXT uh, champion. women's champion or whatever yeah. at the time. But her Fine. first, her first. Appearance I mean, it's condensed for time. The, they only have so much time to. Her show. first appearance in the main roster, though. Oh sure, was that? Yeah, it was. But if you watch the movie, it, it does seem like her first gig yeah, yeah. on TV, or I shouldn't even say that her first gig yeah. of relevance but was. In all, in all seriousness, though, I thought it was. It was a good movie. The capture and the actress was good that played her as well. I thought actually, yeah, she's really good. And I, I mean, again, caliber. When the WWE studio thing comes up, you're like, oh, shit. But then you start looking at what they're getting for celebrities and the quality of the story and that they, they're doing a good job. This isn't the Marine. The, Seven. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. The or see no evil. Um, oh, shit. That was a thing. Fun fact about the movie. If you do see it, there's a scene at WrestleMania 30. The timeline's a little bit off because yeah. it's a little bit later than it should have been. But uh, The Rock calls her into a room to talk to her. And in the movie, he says, you know, you're going to get, you're going to be on Raw the next day and you're going to fight whoever the champion was at the time. Forget. That actually happened. However, the meeting was him saying, we're going to make a movie about you, which was this movie. So it's very weird and meta that 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 actually kind of happened. But yes, no, I thought it was good. It was great. And it my was, wife watched it with me and she liked it too. For a wrestling movie, I thought anyone could watch it. You don't need to be a big wrestling fan. It was quite enjoyable. It battled all the... Stereotypical. I totally topics. thought her brother was going to kill himself. There's a I, point where I'm like, mm, this is going to get dark. Yeah, but you know what the funny part See, was? I didn't know the full, I didn't I, know her actual story. I so. did a little bit of homework on her before I watched it, so I knew yeah. where that went, but I can totally see what you're saying. It was fucking going somewhere that looked bad. But again, it showed quality production, quality film. I, I It definitely was quite, quite a good film. Yeah. I mean, it might not get the credit deserved. So, but another film that I really like that you watched. Um, and you text me about this saying, hey, I finally watched this. So you uh Jason Momoa fan or what? Look. No, no. It was... It was it's a yes or no answer. Well, look, I never had a problem with the guy because yeah, I yeah, enjoyed but... him from, of course, what everybody did, Baywatch. Yeah. Uh, of course. Uh, no, no. 100%. Um, no, it was really... We're, it was the Conan the Barber. No, God, no. Uh, no, we're, we're talking uh, Aquaman. Yeah, we're talking Aquaman here, and I loved him in Frontier. By the way, that's where I really took off, really enjoying him. But anyways, Aquaman was better than I expected. Hundred um, percent. There certainly was a little bit of the cringy dialogue that kind of carried over from Justice League. Yeah, but honestly, not as much as in Justice League, which uh, was kind of strange. But did you not feel like when the characters? did the cringy dialogue they almost did it with a look on their face like we know this is cringy yeah. and it almost made it more enjoyable like there was things about the movie that i wasn't expecting like the, i thought the music in that movie was really cool like i don't know what it was about the music but it was it was i thought the music was good i thought um the cast was good the cast was great i wasn't sure about william defoe but actually that worked out pretty good <laughs> the uh I was talking to my maybe, wife about this because I was listening to a podcast that was talking about a movie that Willem Dafoe was in. Um, and one of the guys said in the podcast, it was on the How Did This Get Made? He said, when I look at Willem Dafoe, I feel like if you were to rip off his face, there would be a ghoul behind it. Yes. That is exactly right. Like, I always wonder like why they, 
why would they put that stupid mask on him in Spider-Man? That face alone is the Green Goblin. That should have been it. But uh, no, yeah, back cre- to Aquaman. Cre- creepishly, creepishly, yes. I don't think he needed anything no. but a fucking toque. Uh, no, I thought Aquaman was good. It was uh, good actors. The visual effects were like 90% good. There was a couple things that were kind of wonky. But I liked Black Manta. I liked, um, I like. I usually like Patrick Wilson. So he was good as the bad guy. Um, it was weird that they... Dolph for, Lundgren? It, yeah. Well, hey, you know what? He did Dol- right. Dolph gets a bad rap because he well. he's great in Creed too. We talked about this before. Yeah. It's funny that in this movie, they're like, yeah, of course they can talk underwater. But in Justice League, they had to make a big deal that they made like an air bubble. Anyways. DC's yes, no. ability to correct course on is so much better than anybody else's. And we just have we have a tolerance. I feel so like high. it's like the, the director's like, yeah, we're not doing that. We're going to do was things stupid. different. Yeah. Uh, but no, I thought it was good. Uh, and I even when he commanded the C part didn't feel shitty. No, <laughs> like that was actually kind of cool. He did it in a way I'm like this is cool, and like, I like all of the, a sudden he's kind of kick ass. Whereas before I thought he was a bit of a douche. I, I kind of <laughs> like the fact that he was kind of a freak, even to the people of Atlantis, because it's not natural for them to be able to communicate with the sea life. That was something above that, and beyond what they could I, do. I really feel like that film gave Aquaman way more depth, and his value to the team actually means something. Which, considering they've written this character for how many fucking decades and been in a few cartoons and good high quality dark cartoons and the old super friends and all that shit and aquaman has always been the laughing stock yeah i really firmly believe that film and jason momoa have taken aquaman from a laughing stock to hey guess what him and wonder woman are probably your only two stable characters yeah uh, and i can argue that and it sucks because i think henry cavill is a fantastic fucking super- superman but unfortunately they're just not that's not working yeah no it was uh it was good i was definitely uh impressed with it and Nothing. I mean, it's it's fantastical. It's not based in you know. It's not grounded. That's but why it works though, just like Wonder Woman did. But everything made sense. Like there wasn't anything. You're like, wait, hold on. How did that even get? Like the Manta stuff. Like how he was given this gift of this the, this uh, this equipment, and he broke it down and made it into his own thing. And mm-hmm. and why the helmet is so big, you know. So they could make it look like the suit from the comics, but explain why it looks like yeah, that. Yeah, like, shit ain't just weird. It's, there's a logical reason. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. I thought it was good. And so it was a pleasant surprise because I... And you know what? I don't know if I talked about this or not. I actually thought Shazam wasn't half bad either. I don't know if you I, ended up seeing it. I haven't watched it yet. I was on a plane. I had to choose between that and Godzilla King of the Monsters. Well, you probably chose right. But Godzilla King of the Monsters. Like I'm just saying, it's not bad. It's not top tier but it's not cringeworthy it's not you know poorly made i thought it was i thought it was pretty good but yeah aquaman very good uh i understand the hype that's good yeah so there's only a couple things left in your list that we and we actually covered a lot of your things but me even looking at your list till now which is kind of interesting um so i have to laugh because i'm gonna jump somewhere now you got diablo 4 on here Yes, announced last week, I believe. And I just went through this crazy thing of watching all the cinematic pieces for basically Blizzard Mm -hmm. in the past, I would say, 10 years because I have had like a massive lull. So I watched all the World of Warcraft cinematics. So I basically am caught up on those and realized I'm never going back to play that game again because it's so far fucking removed from (laughs) where I understood it. There's no way I can follow back again. Um, And then I watched the stuff around Diablo 4. And uh, sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, I was, uh, I, when they announced that the, I forget what the name of the Blizzard event is, but there was rumors. gone? Maybe. That sounds right. (laughs) 
Um, there was talk that maybe Diablo Four was going to be talked about, and I don't, I don't, I don't give a. And I know people are diehard into Overwatch and that kind of stuff. For me, I wanted to hear about Diablo Four, and I wanted to hear. Apparently, they were going to reissue Warcraft Three, like a, a remastered version. Oh, I loved, and I love the first three Warcrafts. Yes, like I loved the real time strategy. Yeah, yeah, really did. So when they when they announced Diablo Four, and I saw the footage, I was like, yes, I'm so pumped for that. I cannot wait. So I went back and I was playing Diablo Three. After that, I was just, I, I, I love it. I love it. I, I, can, I cannot wait. Like This is going to be one of the first games in a while um, that I'll probably I, I probably pre-order it because I haven't done that in a while. But I, I love Diablo, and they haven't made a bad Diablo game. I don't care. I know some people weren't super fans of Part 3, but I, in works. fact, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it on the console. I thought it was good. I, I I'm so amped for it. No, I enjoyed it. I mean, my kids and I played Diablo 3 all the way through twice. Actually. Yeah. So we went all the way through Nightmare as well. Yeah. And uh, it took three of us to be able to do that. Oh, yeah, sure. But anyway, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I love the, 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 I always love the cinematics. I mean. Oh, yeah. Diablo, the story is great. Diablo cinematics are, I don't know if I want to say they're better, but I guess what I'm getting at is, I mean, Blizzard cinematics are amazing. But the storytelling in Diablo is just got something to it that I don't know why. To me, it rises a little bit above the Warcraft storytelling. I just, I just do. I think I mean, it's always been a bit more edgy, a bit more serious than the Warcraft stuff. But it's also been consistent and dark. It's consistent. Sure. So Warcraft has been good. Yeah. Very good. But they're trying really hard to dig into character personas and the stories around these characters. And there's so many of them, such a big world that I can see there's always going to be challenges with that. Diablo, I feel, is a little more linear in fashion because you've got Diablo and, you know, the other, um, his brothers. Yep. And so, you know, that's kind of your main constant. And then the different divergence of them basically trying to come through to our world. That's it. Like, that's kind of the crux of it, right? So in the, the pieces come in and out of that. And the story is more based around Deckard Cain, the archangel or bishop, I can't remember his fucking name. Um, and then basically Diablo and the Brothers of Destruction and all that stuff. So that's kind of like your main characters that come and go through the storyline. And now you get Diablo's daughter is yeah. going to be the big piece, which if you played Diablo 3, you understand. Yeah. So, and the thing is, they keep it continual from the same line of games. Where with And Warcraft, there's references to things that happen in Diablo 1 and Diablo 2. Yes. Uh, in, in Diablo 3, and I presume in Diablo 4 backwards. The other thing is, even when you beat the game, it's not a happy ending. Like Fuck no. It's just an it's it's an, it's, it's, it's an ending. And like like Diablo 2 when you beat you know when you when you win, you become an, a, a a pariah. You're you're just traveling to keep the 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 darkness at bay, which you find out I think in part 3 or maybe it's the add-on for part 2 that that uh that stone corrupts your character and you become fucking like a terrible person. So it's never happy fun it's always relatively i mean there's some elements that are it's, kind it's, of but funny it's, but it's, it's always this continual battle between light and dark sure and and one will never exist without the other and that is like the the basis of it so i i do enjoy it. i'm like you i really really enjoy it diablo was one of my first hooks into blizzard i mean you could argue warcraft one which was good but you weren't really relevant with blizzard was 
Diablo was the first real Blizzard because of cinematics and shit. So it was a real, to me, it was the first big hook for me into Blizzard and made me a fan, lifelong fan. Um, and even if I dip away from video games, just walking through Best Buy the other day, I'm drawn to look for Blizzard content. And I mean, how many hours did we spend hooking computers up to play through Diablo 2? We had a few people in the basement Fuck there yeah. playing through the... Uh, Serial yeah, it was great. Fucking great shit. It was great. Um, yeah, loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. So, so that's lot, sometime next year coming out, but uh, yep. it's going to be awesome. And you know, the best part is you're going to get like a movie. You're going to get all these cool cinematic trailers leading up to divulge more and more. And even then you'll find out that doesn't even represent 1% of the content. So it's super fun. And it never gives you any leadway other than basically the first chapter in the game at best. So you'll never get anything towards the rest of the game and never have an idea where that's going. So, And I mean, other than the overarching story, the fact that... Yeah, but the, you don't even know what you're doing yet. You just know it's Diablo's daughter. Well, no, but I mean, like that's the it. fact that you can replay those games because the loot is always different and the layout and the where the creatures are and everything is randomized and the dungeons are randomized. You can play through those again and well, have a different it. experience completely. We went back on Diablo 3 like months after beating it. Um, and the drops we got the second time with all new characters was just such a different game mm-hmm. it changed the whole fucking oh, game oh yeah and playing through is different character and then how, character types how say, you yeah. went through like we had a hard time the three of us playing through because we kept fucking up because we changed the types of characters and we had to think about how our roles worked and that is and then you have to weigh that in and i love that i love that in a fucking game absolutely absolutely love it so enjoyed that um so there's a couple other things in here I'm not 100% sure where you want to go with. So I'm going to let you segue where you want to go next. Well, cause... we should wrap up. But one quick thing uh, I noticed today trending on Twitter was uh, hashtag, uh, I believe it was best animated theme music or best cartoon theme music, uh, which was an interesting mm-hmm. thing. So just off the top of your head, what would your go-to thing be? What would be the from your childhood or even adulthood maybe, what would be the, the top animated theme song for you uh, it just jumped in my head the fucking ducktales yeah i don't know if that would necessarily be the topper just because we were talking about it i didn't mind gargle i thought it was kind of cool too uh, i know it's relative recency bias there too um i put mine on on twitter and got a few people responded and they they thought that i picked a pretty good one and i went with the uh x-men the animated series oh shit yeah yeah such a really catchy good. tune uh, and super fan jesse reddit uh commented that he also would have chosen uh the batman animated series as one of the uh the highlights as well fuck that okay well it was all right you heard that jesse yeah unfollow unsubscribe he's not gonna unsubscribe he'll just fucking chew it up <laughs> so hold on i want to see what else came up for that you can edit this shit out after sure what was it? Best? Oh, I don't know. I think it was best animated. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, X-Men is pretty fucking kick-ass. Uh, that was a well well done. Uh, best cartoon theme song was the hashtag. Okay. <gasps> no, sorry. Thundercats. Ooh, that is a good one. Yeah, 100%. It just came to my head. I just heard thunder. Yeah. Thunder. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah. It's, a, it's a tough one. I mean, there's there's quite a few good ones. I mean, even you could argue maybe Transformers would have been... I was going there, there but I would, put, I would put Thundercats over that, personally. But I mean, seriously, we were spoiled. I do believe we were spoiled. I think we had um, a good amount of cartoons that had to be catchy on the front end to get you to digest the full 20 minutes of the episode. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Right? I was not... I don't think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No. No way. All right. No, no. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go there. I mean, it was a popular show, absolutely, but I wouldn't go there. Um, fuck, you know, the ones behind us would probably say Power Rangers. Is that, that's not an animated show. Cartoon. 
enough. All right, fair enough. All right, so you're going with Thundercats. I went with X-Men. I think that's fair. Thundercats. Anybody disagrees, let us know. But uh, my bladder is the size of a soccer ball, and it's uh, almost the next day, so we should probably wrap this up. It's crazy impossible for it to be the size of a puck, possibly. But anyways, fair enough. Well, it just feels like it's probably the size of, you know, golf ball. It was a good episode. For an episode we didn't think we have anything to talk about, we were pretty good. Yeah. So, Sober Matt, I hope this goes well for you because... So it seemed like we did an excellent job. No, it was a good episode. It was good. Best segue we've ever had. So anyways, <laughs> um, don't hesitate to uh, check out the rest of our episodes at Happy Zen Podcast. You can find them at happyzenpodcast.com. And no, he's shaking his head no. Happyzen.com. Happyzen.com. Why did we not go with Happy Zen Podcast? I don't know. Is it shorter at the time? Fair enough. You already know what the fuck we're going to do. All right. It's two years ago. So happyzen.com. It's really two years ago. Jesus Christ. We need an anniversary party. So happyzen.com. Yeah. And I don't and, know what anything else uh, is. Social media is all uh, Happy Zen Podcast. That's why I fuck it up. That's why you fucked it up. All right. And don't forget to check out our friends over at Deadly Grounds and 8-Bit Beans Coffee. All right. Until next time. 